Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are watching a master at work. You have entered NFL Trend Zone. We are the podcast of FranchiseTag.com. Uh, I am your host, Dustin Baker, with FranchiseTag.com. Also representing that website are Wesley Johnson. He's with us tonight, and Jason Bolin. Uh, we have two topics to speak on, and that will be the NFL draft. It's fallout and some of the takes uh, from that evening and that weekend in general. And then Aaron Rodgers, because we would be silly not to talk talk. talk about that topic. Um, it's one of the biggest topics quarterback wise to hit the wire in a very long time. Um, first and foremost, though, per usual, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody out there, we have two primary topics to talk about. Um, They're both very substantive. um, And so we don't have a whole uh, menu of things. It's the draft, the 2021 NFL draft. And Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so we're going to start with the draft. Uh, we've got some talking points that uh, Wesley Johnson came up with. And so we'll get right into those. Um, I'm going to start with you, Wes, since you are the arbiter of these questions. Uh, who do you think two teams that had a solid draft? And so we don't we don't talk about these beforehand. So if we double up, uh, we apologize. Or if we vehemently disagree, even better. But Wes, what do you got? Yeah, I'll go, I guess, off the norm of what a lot of people I think um, probably think had a had a good draft, and I'll, I'll go with the uh, Washington football team. Uh, they picked up, I think, three immediate starters um, with their first three picks: uh, Jamin Davis, uh, Samuel Cosme, and uh, Damani Brown. Uh, all should, you know. Uh, be out there starting week one. Uh, also, uh, we'll go with the Miami Dolphins. Um, pretty hard to mess up a draft when you have uh, two ones and two twos. And I think they filled their team with um, immediate starters as well. So, yeah, uh, I would go Miami Dolphins and Washington football team. All right. Yeah, um, I have to agree. Um I don't see any downsides to either either one of those analyses. Uh, Bolin, what do you got for your two, two teams that stood out as draft night winners, at least from what we know now? Oh, I think Minnesota first and foremost. I think they they really they really, um, you know I I I like and I don't want to sound biased because it seems like I'm always talking about my team on this podcast. And I know this podcast is not. <laughs> well, get, get used to it because the, the second half of this show is probably going to be a lot well, of Broncos talk with yeah, Rodgers. You know, I, I, so I, I also like Miami um, and Minnesota. And then I, you know, I, I think Denver, Denver did a great job, even though, you know, some may disagree for passing on that quarterback. And like, I like what Chicago did too, by making that move to get up there and, 
and, uh, you know, assuming fields fields plays out, um, but Miami and Minnesota, it seemed like, it seemed to me that Minnesota was always picking after they picked their first, you know, they got, they nailed that lineman in the first. It's like every time I was looking up there on the clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the spoils of the digs trade. Um, they got two or three more picks. And then when they traded back, um, in the event that Elijah Tucker went to the Jets, they got Darasaw and the two more third rounders. So uh, usually what the Vikings GM does is stockpile late round stuff, sixth and seventh for some godforsaken reason. But this year he changed pace and did third round. Very well so, done. All right. You said Miami. Yeah. Yeah. It was impressive. I don't, I don't even think that he knew it would work out quite right. that well. So when it fell into his lap, it was pretty extraordinary. The two that I liked um, mentionable, anyhow, there was a lot of good ones, at least from what we know now, if we did, if we did a show like this two years from now to re- reevaluate, it'd be a different thing. Uh, so let's see the Browns uh, because I was there in, in the mob of people uh, I, perhaps they, they swayed me a little bit, but uh, I can tell you that, the vibe when they got to their pick, whatever it was, 24th or whatever it was, uh, they were vacillating between Newsom and JOK. And they were, uh, they were even arguing. There was, there was some folks that said that the linebacker was a better pick. And ultimately they went with Newsom, um, to, to help solidify their secondary. And then lo and behold, uh, the next day they went and got the guy that they were debating between. And, I think JOK fell because of some late last minute injury concern. And yeah, I can, I can vouch for that because all of the mock drafts that I read and I even wrote uh, a couple JOK was supposed to be like the 15th best player in the whole dance. And so for him to slide all that way, it was just delightful for the Browns. Um, The next one is uh, unsung because I don't know if it's really that home run of a draft class, but I trust the Indianapolis Colts and everything that they do from a draft draft perspective. So if they do it, I trust it. It was the the same team that has plucked Darius Leonard. Um, um, I'm drawing uh, Quentin Nelson and they just know how to draft players in that regime. So when they got Quiddy pay, that uh, reaffirmed kind of what I thought that he's going to be a fanta- uh, fantastic edge rusher. And then uh, they also got a different one in uh, Deo Odenabo. And uh, then they get picked up a tight end. So I trust what they do. And so I'm going to try to look a little bit longer term and believe in uh, their vision there. So those are my two unsung. Um, what about the most questionable? And I think we're all probably just going to say the Raiders. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the, is it Brett Coleman? Is that his name, Wes? I think he's uh, one of the analysts. So. Um, yeah, on Twitter. I think the, the day on right after they picked uh, Trayvon Mooring, mm-hmm. is that how yep. you say it? Uh, he, he said, basically, just pretend like they went Morrigan in the first round and Leatherwood in the right. second round, and then you can wrap your head around it. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Like, it's so – and, Bolin, you're going to know more about this because your team is in the AFC West, so you know more about the Raiders than I do. Maybe not West because uh, they live in his backyard, so to speak. But it's like – in the culture, in the water, that they do weird shit. Like, and I just don't get it. For we always blamed Al Davis, and maybe it's maybe it's just it's something in the hair, it, like the haircuts that they have or something. Right. But uh, like Alex Leatherwood could develop into the best left tackle the world has ever seen. But you still could have got him in the second round. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't. Uh, if that's their guy, which it had to be, then trade out of the first round. Oh, like go yeah, to like yeah. 
teams are needy. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I don't think the Raiders were overly sexy, but they never are. Um, do you guys have anything different than the Raiders? Oh man. No, let's, let's stay with that for a second. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, yeah, the, the leather would, you know, I brought him up. I, I, I like him a lot too, but to your point and, 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 to show their draft room just celebrating after they made that pick too. I mean, what to talk about bizarre. Boy, they were out, you know, they showed them all high five and then the pick comes out that Alex Leatherwood. I was hoping to get him in the second or third. Yeah, that's 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 the whole crux of it is like that- they like they like they snuck one by everybody. <laughs> yeah, right, like right. And I the the thing that I feel the most awkward about for the, them is that uh, when we had Daryl on, it's like if you're a fan of that team, every single year you got to just sit there and be like, please don't do something stupid. And then they go and do something stupid. And then um, if it's not utterly dumb, like this one was, at least in terms of draft positioning, then they just get somebody who's fast. And history has shown that that doesn't work very often. Uh, so that's what I feel the who's, most. Uh, who's calling the uh, who who is calling the shots there? Is, well, I, is it Gruden? I, I think it's shared authority between Mayock and, and Gruden. I think a lot of them are shared authority, uh, you know, just having those brains in the room. I think ultimately the general manager always, you know, makes the phone call. But yeah, Mayock, that's Mayock. Yeah, the Mayock we were we were led to believe is like, you know, one of us. He's an author or he's a sports writer and he clawed his way up and now he's an exec. Uh, and I, I thought that would mean that he would be more rational and he would restore sanity to a Raiders draft room that is habitually insane. And they're, <laughs> they're up to their old tricks. And it, I don't know. I, it's, it's frust. I don't care, but it's frustrating <laughs> just, just to see every year that, and that's why when we do mock drafts, we even Wes, we did a few together now. And we yeah. were like, every time we got to the Raiders, we'd giggle and be like, well, they'll probably do something dumb. And then of course they just <laughs> went and like vindicated everything that we always giggle about. Yeah. And what I think probably happened and it makes sense when looking at you know previous first rounds with the Raiders my thinking is that they scouted for Leatherwood and maybe some of these late round offensive linemen they they probably didn't think Darisaw would be there and when the pick came in they just they stuck with what they knew and their the guy that they scouted was was Leatherwood and rather than make any kind of adjustment at all, which is just insane, yeah. insane. What, what, it remind, what it reminded me of, especially that pick, is, uh, and I think, Bo, Jason, you got into fantasy football relatively recently. What it reminded me of is when you're in a draft with somebody that's new, a newcomer, um, or maybe somebody you don't know, and they take like a quarterback, like they would say, oh, eighth pick in the whole draft, they're like, oh, Baker Mayfield. And you're like, What? <laughs> like, they, like they're taking something that early and right. as, if, as if they've never played before. Like, yeah, you'll be able to get him in round six or seven. But because they're new to fantasy football, they think, well, I better get a good quarterback. So I'm going to take Philip Rivers. And it's like, no, you don't have to do that yet. That's that's the internal emotion that I have when they pick Leatherwood is like, uh, oh, honey, what are you doing? You don't need to do that quite yet. <laughs> well, and then and then was it? Oh, gosh, was it? Was it last year or the year before? I don't really remember when they had three number one and then they took them all with Clemson players. Right. <laughs> was that before right. or after? It's like they don't. I think that, that was, a, was after because that's. Yeah. Because they got those picks oh, yeah, from yeah, that right. deal. 
Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, and all those others. Yeah. And the, the way that they were celebrating, too, I'll never get that out of my head. I thought for sure they were, God, who did I think that they were going to get um, <laughs> instead? I thought maybe, well, yeah. And to get back to the JOK thing for a second, I think that may be who I thought, because I was, you know, hoping to, to snag him eventually, but nobody mm-hmm. knew why he fell until right. like two days later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there was a report that surfaced that he had, you know, some kind of condition. I don't know if it was a heart condition heart. Yeah. Um, and, and that's crazy that, I mean, my, my friend that I was watching with, I mean, he didn't, couldn't figure it out either. We could have taken, you know, he's a, he's a saints fan. He was hoping they'd get him at whatever 30th or whatever they picked 29th and they passed. And, but that Mayock character out of Vegas, he's, his reputation is the myth is their draft strategy because half the season, a lot of the media pundits will, have him as a, as a, like an awesome reference. It's like, oh, he said this. So other half of the season, it's like people are just mocking him. <laughs> yeah. Well, right? he, I remember, uh, like, like it was yesterday reading his stuff in sports or SI.com. I think that's what it was. And, yeah. you know, just reading him and I, he was easy to follow along with. And uh, he was insightful and convincing. And then when he landed the general manager, gig, I was like, sweet. I didn't know like a Joe, every man <laughs> who writes can go be a general manager. And so, yeah, I thought he would bring the common man's brain to drafts. And it's just been more of like this Davis experiment where it's like, well, let's just do something weird. And they <laughs> just, they always do it. So, all yeah, right, yeah. Wes, what do you think about, uh, did you just stick with the Raiders too as the, as the weirdest? Actually, I, I had, uh, I have two different ones since they didn't get covered. Oh, uh, yeah. Houston, uh, they obviously didn't have a first and a second round pick, and then they choose to use their first third round pick on a developmental quarterback, which yeah. didn't make any sense at all and kind of offset anything else they decided to do from there. Okay. And then actually Chicago, I, a lot of people are praising Chicago's draft for uh, getting Justin Fields, which great pickup for them. But at the same time, they're kind of in limbo. Yeah. Um they're stuck between trying to compete and also trying to rebuild. And I just don't see the direction of the team. Yeah. And that's, and it's important to call that out because it's also a make or break year for their leadership. Yep. Um, perhaps uh, pace is it, is it pace? Is that his general manager's name? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps yeah. he yep. has a longer term commitment from the ownership. Uh, but I believe Nagy's on the hot seat as it is. So it's awkward for him. Uh, maybe, maybe they, maybe they told them you're golden until this fields thing gets off the ground, but yeah, they are in purgatory, especially when you know, they're going out of their way to call Dalton, the QB one, and not even saying it's an open competition because I don't think right. you really lose anything by announcing that it's an open competition because fields, you know, could start for any team really that was going to draft a quarterback in the first round. So I don't know why they, and uh, you're familiar with this, Jason, about the, the training camp battles and, you know, Flacco or Keenum and that kind of stuff. It's like, just make it an open competition. You don't have anything to lose, but when you well, peg, go ahead. Like, no, no, no. You keep going. I'm sorry. When you peg Dalton as the starter, as if he's like, you know, this bastion of excellence, uh, it's, it's awkward again. And uh, I, I feel like they, they should have signed Andy Dalton 
and just kept it quiet in the sense that you don't have you don't have to go out of your way to say that he is the quarterback one. But even now, they they continue to say it. And um, there was a time when Andy Dalton was you know a top fifteen, top sixteen quarterback. Uh, but now, in the way that we emphasize the position, he's probably top top twenty five. And I don't know. So it'll be one of those things. It's so predictable. The Bears will be about two and five, and then they're going to go to Fields, and then hopefully he's good and not more of the same from the Bears organization. It's just you can see it a million miles away. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's crazy though too because they had. I I can't I can't wrap my head around the moves that that team has made. They they were in cap trouble because of Dalton, so they cut Kyle Fuller. Yep, and we sign him like one of the best DBs in football mm-hmm. for Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah, and and even that and they had did they have Nick Foles? Yeah, Foles is still there sucking sucking cap. <laughs> they didn't even need to do that. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Gee, buddy. Yeah, if they if 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 getting Dalton was the um conduit by which release Kyle Fuller, then that's odd because you you'll remember uh Wes when when it was reported that Fuller was going to be waived, like Eddie Jackson and then one other dude like tweet did something to the effect that like you got to be kidding me they did some emoji yeah. something and it felt like their whole defense was just going down the drain which i loved uh <laughs> but yeah so i don't know it my uh, all the power to them we'll see how they do against the, the packers and vikings uh what about the most uh the pick that had the most value um that can be anywhere in the draft wes um who do you think uh was the highest value pick from last weekend I will go with pick 38, uh, Christian Barrymore to New England. Yeah. Um, he was uh, looked at by some to be the top defensive tackle on the board. And for him to fall into uh, the top part of the second round and for New England to pounce on them, on him, uh, great pickup for, for Bill Belichick and co. Yeah. I think he, uh, there were several years uh, in, of decades past where Barmore would have been like a top 15 dude. Um, but for some reason right now, there's, there's still a lot of free agent three techs. And then um, it just wasn't a highly coveted thing. And it should be, um, we right. all see what type of havoc Aaron Donald uh, can wreck when he's on any given Sunday, really. So yeah, I, I completely agree. What about you, Jason? Is there any pick that standed off the stood off the board that would make you go, wow, what a, what a value pick. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, uh, I like what, um, you know, the Vikings got in Kellen Mond, you know, I mean, I, we all kind of knew he was going to go right around that part anyway, but I think that he's going to bring a lot of value to that team much more than anybody can even imagine right now. Um, and then I like my, the, our linebacker that we got in the fourth round, uh, well, third round, I guess, but it was late Baron Browning. He seemed mm-hmm. to be, he had a second round grade. Um, yeah. so to take, being able to get him with our fourth pick. Yeah. The, the real Cox too is a good one. Yeah. 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 I, remember, I remember that one. Uh, the two that I liked, um, one of them's the top 10, believe it or not. Uh, Panay Sewell falling to seven. Uh, yeah. The Lions don't necessarily need a left tackle, um, but you're never going to look back and say, why did we get 
the best tackle in the draft. I think that's how bona fide of a stud that he's going to be. And I was wrong. I I think in two different shows, I said the Lions will probably do something dumb because we don't know anything about them. And they didn't. They did something the opposite, very bright. Uh, so, and there, there are a lot of drafts of years past as well that Sewell probably should have gone in the top three, but were so thirsty for quarterbacks that they just sucked it all dry. That top 10, or at least uh, all the talking that we did about it. So Sewell falling out of the top five, um, I think that is an extreme value pick. And then number 49, Asante Samuel. Um, I, I knew that he probably wouldn't go in the first round, but I thought he would be the first or first three picks on night number two. And uh, I think that because of that bloodline, um, I think he's going to be kind of like in what we saw from Antoine Winfield last year, like a, a day one ready player that's good to go. And so that's what... I think God, there's there's more. Like I already said, JOK, but that one's so obvious because he should have gone. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I got. What about uh, what do we have next? Reaches. Yeah, yeah. So we already know Leatherwood was a reach. Uh, Jason, do you have another one that made you scratch your head? I I, I think um, Caleb Farley maybe went a little bit sooner than I I figured he would. I mean, after the new news and stuff surfaced about you know his his health issues and whatnot, but. Uh, I want to interrupt for just a second to talk about sunglasses, if you can believe that. Yes, sunglasses. Uh, I go through a lot of those out of forgetfulness. I'll lose them or leave them places. Uh, I've got two young children at home, so they break them. They break their own, so on and so forth. Uh, so let's talk about Canon sunglasses. That's K-A-E-N-O-N. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-15, KananCast15, at Kanan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Kanan, clearly better. And that was number 22 to the Titans, I believe. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I will say, and this is going to sound wishy-washy, uh, one of these quarterbacks, in two of them will look back and will be like, <clears throat> wow, they reached for them. But I think I think this is just the new way of it. Um, we're so obsessed with quarterback wins and a quarterback's record, uh, like he's a tennis player, that uh, we just we bank so much on it that you have to – uh, reach up and get your quarterback of the future and that's fine and dandy um, but you have to accept that you're going to swing and miss and then if you're that team then you're going to be set back three to four years you're going to start all over uh the other <laughs> it was nice to see yeah. zach wilson uh, get up there and you know tell the jets fans that he, he's looking forward to the super bowl though I mean, that, was, <laughs> that was cute <laughs> yeah it was indeed uh some of the other reaches and i'm probably going to steal your thunder west but you can uh add some analysis uh eric stokes that felt like just a pick to troll Aaron Rodgers. I, I swear <laughs> that Gutnust or whatever you say for his last name, it's like a, it's a designed plan to irk Aaron Rodgers. And first of all, Stokes <laughs> shouldn't even gone in the first round. And second of all, right. they don't need a corner. And it just like, I love it too. It's another thing. I absolutely adore it that they keep doing all this stuff to irritate <laughs> one of the top five quarterbacks ever. Uh, Peyton Turner was a reach. Um, he was somebody that when I looked at mocks, I think even in our franchise tag, Wes, he went 
in round two. I think I picked him to somebody. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a reach. And then poor James Robinson for the Jaguars. Uh, a guy just had 1,400 yards from scrimmage, the most ever by an undrafted player in his rookie year. And Urban Meyer uh, is like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and keep the, the band together and draft a running back. And, oh, man, I think we're past the days of two dominant running backs. I don't even know if we had the days of two super uh, stellar, like, running backs that are needed in a pass happy league. Um, unless, right. unless NTN is like an Alvin Kamara where his main gig really is catching the football. Uh, that one was surprising and really felt like a, like a Madden pick where you're, you just, eh, I didn't like it. What do you got for reaches? Uh, a big one, uh, pick 56, uh, Seattle selects Dwayne Eskridge wide receiver. Um, Seattle came into the draft having only three picks and they have a quarterback unhappy with his protection. And so they draft a wide receiver when they're pretty top heavy at that position. Uh, I liken them to Minnesota. That would be if that would be like if Minnesota traded back and then took one of these um, lesser um, established wide receivers in the first round instead of a offensive lineman. So um I didn't like the pick. Uh, I didn't like that they stuck with all their draft picks and didn't try to accumulate more. So they added three players to a roster that was pretty thin for talent uh, outside of, you know, Wilson and receivers and some of the defenders. But yeah. yeah. What happened to all their picks? Jamal Adams. Yeah. <laughs> they yep, sent them. Out for went, Jamal Adams and then other other players. Yep, they basically traded um, most of their 2021 draft capital for a safety that's basically a linebacker. <laughs> huh. And Jamal Adams is a stud. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. It's just if you if you have a quarterback that's pissed off, we're living it right now to see how that drama plays out in Green Bay. It just seems strange that uh, I don't. And they're usually a well-run organization, so. Yeah. Yep, they only had three picks. So did they did they turn it into four? No, just three. three. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's that's depressing if you're in Seattle. But hey, they they every year they're in the playoffs, so we can't really sit there and laugh at them too much. And like it, like last year, I mean, they started off like, oh I mean, god, wow. I mean, yeah. you're like this this team's gonna be tough. Uh, yeah, I wrote uh, a weekly column for Fansided on MVP Watch. It was actually my idea. I pitched it uh, when I was still there. Uh, to the editor um, saying, can I write a weekly power rankings of top five MP candidates? So I started in the preseason and I went all the way through week 17. And I kid you not, every week, Russell, Russell, uh, Russell Wilson was by far the MVP until about week seven or eight. And then he had a couple bad games. And it, then it was like the emphasis on him, like game plan wise had changed. And I, I started to say to myself, this is why he never wins MVPs is because this is how it feels. We're going to look back and realize, God, he never won an MVP. Um, it's because every year there's one guy who gets hot and who's better and it happened to be Rogers this year, the year before it was Mahomes. And yeah, it, it felt like such a slam dunk because Rogers is putting up like Bronco Manning numbers. And then um, they were playing in shootouts, first of all, because Seattle's defense we still have this tendency to think that it's all good and it's not. And it has no. no, for the last two or three years, it's been turning into garbage, but they still, yeah. they still skate on reputation and the Legion of boom died. And we yeah. still just kind of think of them and they're not quite there. 
Oh, let's see. The next thing we got before we move on to Rogers is a team that improved the, um, uh, the most on paper and is, uh, you know, going to make some noise. I got one. I don't like this team. It's the Dallas Cowboys. And the reason that I liked what they did is because on paper, and that was the parameter of the question, they have an offense from hell in a good way uh, that can, you know, raise hell when they need it to between all the wide receivers. When they, they got CD lamb last year, normally Zeke is a top three or four running back. Prescott should be healthy. So their offense and usually their offensive line is, uh, formidable so their offense should be fine and that's why they were winning shootouts before sometimes when before Dak got hurt but the defense had a problem so I loved the way that Jerry Jones said okay we're just going to do all defense this draft and just went down the line with the first three four five meaningful picks off the board all these defensive players and uh, I saw so many mock drafts that Sertain was going there that that was the first moment on draft night where everybody in that mob was like, Whoa, when certain went to the Broncos, uh, because we thought it was going to be fields in the crowd. And certain was so preordained to go to the Cowboys that, uh, when it went, when it went to Denver, it was like, well, now what are they going to do? And then they traded back <laughs> with the Eagles. So I'm not sitting here. I'm not here to say that the Cowboys are headed to February football next year, but, um, they certainly have the offense taken care of. And I like what they did on defense. Uh, what about you, Wes? For me, uh, I'm going to uh, piggyback uh, what you had mentioned earlier for who had a solid draft, uh, Indianapolis. Uh, I think they added some pieces to aid an already uh, phenomenal defense, and they obviously made the trade for um, Carson Wentz in the early offseason. So I think they have you know everything outside of, I believe, a, a left tackle um, to – you know, make a deep run into the playoffs. Uh, I know they're talking to Eric Fisher as well right now. So if they're able to add him to the mix, once he gets uh, healthy, uh, probably mid year, they can plug him in and look out. And are you on record in saying that Wentz is going to be back to maybe a top 13, top 12 quarterback form? Uh, I mean, we'll have to see. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely think that he's set up to, return to you know his early um rookie contract form yeah yeah and that 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 version of him was marvelous and uh god it's gonna it it feels like a lifetime ago now just because of the way that uh he struggled and the eagles rapid fall from grace after winning the super bowl um what about you jason um you know i mean this is i think both of the new york teams improved um on paper compared to what they, what they have been. And, and, um, you know, assuming obviously the draft picks work out and, uh, Daniel Jones can, can take another step. Um, and I obviously, uh, I, 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 Minnesota, I mean, I think that, uh, <laughs> that they, I'm, I'm so impressed with what they've done in the draft in particular, um, Vikings fan. I think I'd be excited just to have, you know, you know, a young quarterback waiting in the wings with the uncertainty of how long Cousins is going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. The thing on, but the, yeah, I mean the the, the Colts too because we're factoring in not just draft, but you know acquisitions. If if Carson can get back there, and I think he could. Uh, it's the only possibility that he will ever get back to anything is being with uh, Reich again. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Yeah, otherwise he's going to head down a uh, QB2 path, and it's going to be really strange because he was so darn good in his youth at QB1 that it would like it would feel like any stop that he... Let's say this doesn't work out. They go 6-10, and 10, he's got like an 85 passer rating, and they're like, oh, God, and they move on from him. Like Everywhere that he goes after that, there's always going to be this little whisper that says... God, let's put in Wentz. Our quarterback isn't doing very well. And every, it's like that that Rich Gannon thing where you're like, yeah. well, we're going to be the team where he plays good again. Uh, I, I, can see <laughs> yeah. it. I can see it now, but I think I think he's going to be restored. Uh, I think he'll be set up right there. Um, it's another team I don't think is heading to a Super Bowl. But hey, if Rivers can uh, guide the ship to... I thought they outplayed the Bills in that playoff game. I watched every snap of that game, and uh, they just didn't make quite make enough plays. But I thought their game plan, I should say, was superior to the Bills. Um, mm. What about picks that the media seems to like, um, but we're not high on? I'll start on that one too. And so I'm not unhigh on Trey Lance whatsoever. I think it's super exciting. Uh, that he'll be paired with Kyle Shanahan, but they did not need to trade up to three to get him. They did not need to do that. I don't care if that's been their guy since the moment they pulled the trigger on the trade. Um, If you look at the board, uh, it was not a foregone conclusion that he was going to be the third pick and to mortgage your future on getting that guy like that. It almost has to be a slam dunk type of prospect like Trevor Lawrence. So if the Niners had made the exact trade that they did, but it was for the first overall pick, then I'd be all about it. But I truly think that although the uh, forecast for Lance is going to you know, be sunny, I don't think they needed the trade all the way up to three to get him. So that's why I'm not absolutely in love with that pick for you know the big picture of it. Uh, Jason, what about what's a pick on the, on the draft board that you were like, God, all these pundits love it, but I, I'm a little skeptical. Yeah, maybe it's Zach Wilson. You've said that a couple times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't. <laughs> I just can't get behind that guy. I mean, <laughs> you're like the only one I, in America. Yeah, I know. And, and I know is, and especially, you know, a lot of it came after he released that, that cross body throw, but, and I don't did, I, I haven't watched really any of his, his footage, but again, I, I mean, when you're talking about a quarterback that hasn't played a whole heck of a lot of great competition, I, I don't know. But then again, though, that could be flipped. And I could say the same thing about Mac Jones. While he's played a lot of good competition, look at that team for cripe's sake. I mean, how many first rounders did Alabama send this year? Seven. I think that was the number darn close yeah. to it. I mean, so, I, you know, it's, it's hard. Both of those guys, we'll just yeah. say. Yeah. When, when, when do you think Mac will see the field? Do you think it'll be week eight, week two, week one? Next 20. I mean, I think if the Patriots go, I think they're going to be in a similar situation as, as, uh, as Denver or even potentially Chicago. I know that they don't have a quarterback competition, but boy, God, in those cases, you start, you start owing to it. The talk is going to begin and you, you know, yeah, that's, 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 that's the leash too. Owen one, you can skate by because it's, jitters yeah it's uh yeah it's and that's pretty much any team if you start owing one most fan bases will be like oh okay and then but owing two in the digital age where you have to overreact uh right away owing two is that if you have a rookie quarterback just marinating that's when it really starts to heat up well season's lost might as well throw in (laughs) jamie newman i mean that's that's when it really starts uh yeah unless and you know and it's 
And, and it's a completely different thing too. Cause you mentioned that everybody wants that quarterback. That's going to come in get the wins and, you know, do the, do the Mahomes thing. And a lot some, believe it or not, some fans are okay with just quarterback stats too, mm-hmm. because like uh, Justin Herbert, for instance, boy, that guy <laughs> lit it up, but I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't win. And, but you're not, you can't blame him for that. So, I mean, yeah. if he came out and did exactly what he did last year and the yeah. team was still losing, I can't see many people saying, well, we need to get rid of him. Yeah. Right. You know, but you know, yeah, you that, better be playing competent quarterback. That's play. the, hip, that's the hypocrisy of the, the QB wins argument that when Justin Herbert, and he was only a rookie. So, uh, but the way they went seven and nine, he won rookie of the year. He had a fantastic uh, maiden voyage. And the, the the absolute consensus is like, yeah, well, wait until year two. Then he's going to pull them up by bootstraps and they're going to go 12 and what is it? Five now. Or the same with Deshaun Watson before all of this melee hit. It's uh, top four quarterback and everybody's power rankings. They go four and 12 and nobody cares. Nobody cares whatsoever. It's this big sympathy fest about poor Watson and uh, other quarterbacks are held accountable to this quarterback record. But when it's Deshaun Watson, it's like, oh, poor BB. Like, we know that's before all the masseuse stuff hit. So it's a little bit different narrative now. You got to be that type of quarterback that can, you know, you would think. And I can't put it on Herbert with it just being his rookie year. But to your point, Deshaun, I mean, you know, how many people would be excited if we got him? But he was unable to get that team to any wins. I mean, he, he's not like a Manning or a break or a Rogers who can literally do that with just about anybody they have. I mean, we saw what happened to Denver's receivers when they went elsewhere. Um, you know, Decker and, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Demarius was still good, but I mean, the rest of them, Julius Thomas, their tight end. And oh, I'm yeah, just using yeah. that year as a reference, but Manning was that guy really, yeah. you know, Watson isn't that guy. Yeah, it's pretty much what Brady has done to every receiver not named Randy Moss his entire career. He's he's made them yep. into semi-household names. And, you know, thank goodness for Brady because otherwise it's a bunch of white dudes that, you know, you just don't, they should be playing basketball, like, you know, on the jazz. <laughs> that's, just, that's just the way. Yeah, yeah I uh, mean, that's that's it. Yeah, you absolutely nailed it there. And then he made Brandon Crooks the highest paid receiver. Yeah. Oh, Co- yeah. Yeah, Cooks, don't get me started. Every year I look up, he's on a different team. For fantasy <laughs> yeah. football's sake, every year he's on a different team. And then he goes and has 1,200 yards, and I'm like, okay, great. Then, he, then nope, he's going to a different spot. It's kind of like uh, Daryl Revis at the end of his career. It was like, oh, he's on a new team, huh? That's that's weird. I had that mentality last year during my uh, rookie campaign in fantasy that this is, I'm going to take him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've been there. Surprise some people. I'm guilty. It's I'm completely (laughs) guilty. Wes, what was one, uh, media overblown that you're not quite buying into? Uh, we'll make it a quarterback trifecta touched on it earlier. Uh, Justin Fields to Chicago. Uh, we'll probably see him play this year. I, I don't think the, the leash will be fairly long on, um, Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. uh, especially as you mentioned, the the front office will probably have some heat on their seats to uh, produce. So I'd probably say uh, week four or five, uh, he'll be suiting up and uh, be under center. Do you think it's because of the Bears' miserable track record at developing quarterbacks? Um, because what if the Vikings had taken them? I'm sure you wouldn't say that. Uh, I mean. If the Vikings would have taken him, you would have tapered your expectations. 
I, I don't believe he would start. No, no, he wouldn't. Not with the amount of money Cousins is making. Right. Um, he'd hold a clipboard for probably at least a year and a half. Yeah. Um, if not more. Um, I mean, I, I'd probably like to pick, but at the same time, it's not addressing, you know, team needs for this season. Yeah. And, you know, without... If we drafted Fields, we wouldn't have uh, those two additional third-round picks. Uh, we probably maybe get one offensive lineman or mortgage a lot of future picks to move up in the second round or, or third round. Yeah, um, with that. Okay, I was happy as shit when uh, when Denver didn't take him. I'll tell you that much. Really? Yeah. yeah, there was. Uh, so that's another thing that was cool about Cleveland that it took me about five minutes to figure out that whenever Ohio state player was picked, they would go nuts. <laughs> and so when fields got picked to the, so when the uh, Broncos picked certain, there was like a gasp and I thought, Oh, okay. Everybody's just completely mortified that, uh, that he didn't go to the Cowboys. But when the bears traded up for fields, it was as if the Browns had chosen somebody cause it's like a hometown Ohio state thing. Yeah. And I realized that, Oh, okay. Uh, so they love everything Ohio state too. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into Rogers stuff. We've got about 15 minutes left. I got to give a little story about the Rogers news. Uh, I drove with my wife to Cleveland on Wednesday night and we, we stopped in Janesville, Wisconsin and slept the night there and then got up at about 8.30 and then drove all the way to Cleveland. Um, and there was a period between about 8.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. where I was driving and uh, I didn't have any Twitter knowledge and I couldn't find any sports radio um, on the car whatsoever. And when we finally did find some, that's all they're talking about is Aaron Rodgers wants to be traded. And that's <laughs> like within minutes, I, uh, I messaged Wesley here. Like, is this real? And uh, my wife was doing her diligence and yeah, it looks real. And I guess it started from K fan in Minneapolis. Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings has a show. And he said that, you know, a credible source told him that Rodgers is discontent. And, you know, Packer fans were quick to say, well, what else is this Vikings moron? Of course, he's going to say that he wants to stir up the pot. And uh, Paul Allen is a lot of things, uh, you know, an extreme Vikings fan, but he's not a liar and he's not going to jeopardize his credibility on nonsense. Uh, so through, through some of my Vikings contacts, I learned who the source was and, uh, and then Rappaport ended up picking it up and it's a story now and it's going to be a story for out the whole summer until something happens. So, um, I'll start with you, Jason. You're going to have a vested interest and you have official permission to talk about the Broncos uh, because uh, number one with the bullet or number two with the bullet, I think is the Raiders and the Broncos where, where Rogers would end up. Uh, so a, how would you feel about Rogers? Basically a redo of the Manning era in Denver and B, how realistic do you think it is? Well, um, I think it's really realistic. Um, and that that's uh, like I've like I've shared with with folks. That'd be the one person I'd be willing to say, you know, IDOs get him in there. Um, you know, it does mirror that that Manning situation from 2011 too. You know, because Tebow was pretty hyped up out in, out in Denver. Uh, his actual quarterback play aside, he was beloved out there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, people just for. Not all about him after Manning <laughs> show. So, um, you know, and uh, it, 
and, and, and I'll tell you, for the hour leading up to the draft, it was absolutely chaotic. Um, every my every source, trusted source from Denver was tweeting, um, you know, things that Schlereth um, was certain that a deal was going to get done that night. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> Albright sharing things and Cliss and, and then, and then it just, it just vanquished. I mean, my heart was pumping. I'm like, <laughs> what are they, this, this really could happen. Yeah. Um, and it didn't, but you know, um, I think it very much still could, and it could have played into why, uh, you know, Peyton decided not, not to go with the quarterback route. I mean, yeah. maybe he feels confident enough to where he can uh, lure Rogers in and, um, what, what they would need to give up for him. I'm not quite sure. There's a couple different scenarios that, that have been floated around, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'd be, I'd be welcome to that idea for sure. I, I think it'd be awesome to see what, what a great quarterback could do with the young weapons that we have. That was the biggest clue that they passed on fields. Um, because either, Peyton truly is committed to at least one year of lock, which in all likelihood is probably going to be what pans out, maybe 50-50 if you believe Rodgers ends elsewhere. Um, or, you know, he's just in, in the ivory tower and he can see it all that, hey, we're going to get Rodgers and having fields on the roster just complicates it all. Um, and there there's going to be strong vibes that if that happened, it feels exactly like Peyton Manning. Like, I mean, outside of the injury, which is better for the Broncos, he doesn't have a neck injury where there's a little bit of uncertainty. Um, but yeah, if you look at, I can do this objectively, unlike you, because that's your team. The only spot on that damn depth chart that's a question mark is Locke's development. Everything else is set. Uh, the offensive line, the secondary, the secondary is to like to die for. And we always we know for damn sure the running backs will be just fine because they always are in that town. The only thing you don't know about the 2021 Broncos is whether or not Locke takes the next step. And if you can finagle the deal for Rodgers, then there is no whataboutism. It's flat out, you know, it's going to be greatness barring an injury, and then you hope it's just good enough to beat the Chiefs. So uh, I can see why that would be the... You know how we, we talked about uh, Elway when, when he got rid of Tebow in favor of Manning? That was the, the, the best form of diplomacy in sports I have ever seen. Um, yeah. Because getting Manning was the only respectful way to end the Tebow era because for Christ's sake, the guy just won a playoff game against the Steelers and he had like Jesus on his shoulders at all times. And um, the only way to convince everybody that, you know, this guy isn't a very good quarterback was to yeah. go get like the third best quarterback of all time to play for him. So uh, kudos there. Uh, so let's stay on the Broncos topic, Wes. Um, how magic, magical of a fit would Rodgers be in Denver? And is there a better fit out there if you're not sold on the Broncos with Rodgers? Yeah, I think it would be a, a phenomenal fit. Uh, as we talked about, the roster is pretty stacked uh, outside of, you know, the quarterback position. Uh, Drew Locke, he could take that step, but it's uh, unknown at this point. Um one thing to keep in mind while we hear all this trade chatter, uh, much like we covered with Julio Jones last week, uh, if we if we do see Aaron Rodgers move, it would most likely be post-June uh, 2nd trade. That way, Green Bay can spread the cap hit uh, between this year and next year. Um, so that would probably take place. Um, 
that way in terms of other fits uh dark horse i would say would be new england new england is another team that's fairly stacked um i'm sure you know bilicek would do whatever he can to uh get another ring before brady and a, a move of that caliber would definitely put them in the conversation again what uh what's the type of trade capital that a team would have to give up um when i was driving to cleveland they said San Francisco was ready to give the third and then all these extra first rounders. And I'm like, well, God, you got to take that deal for So Rogers is my age. I know exactly how his body feels. He's like two months older than me. And you like, you would be, you would have to take a deal for a 38 year old quarterback. Um, what do you think the draft capital would be or the trade capital? I'd probably say at least two to three first round picks. Um, yeah, probably, two second round picks um so basically that and, what we thought would be the the price for wilson yeah and a, and a player too honestly like if it's new england might as well ship mac jones out with yeah. that yeah <laughs> my goodness um so my other- yeah, well if if it's right if yeah, well let's not forget that aaron Rodgers' fiance lives in denver too there you go uh, i didn't just, know uh, that. just a little piece of nugget just an little nugget there um and uh you know hey we've been we've been trying to put pieces around aaron Rodgers for the last three years <laughs> you know in contrast to what you know green bay's done we've been stockpiling weapons and building the line and yeah it's it's remarkable um my dark <laughs> what do you what do you guys think uh that a quarterback like Rodgers is looking for in his next opportunity because i know the raiders and the broncos have both been floated out there and he told san francisco to come get him allegedly but what do you like if you're him you know we can relate to him he's roughly our age Mm -hmm. um what what is he thinking he wants everything the rod or the packers haven't given to him and so i'm telling you the broncos are tailor-made absolutely tailor-made i can't think of a better roster that uh i mean god it's that's that balanced. Um, I, maybe there's one if I really stretch my imagination. So, yeah, I think it is a three talented receivers, or at least two really good ones, and then a third one that is productive, an offensive line, and then at least an average defense. And, and don't the, forget a tight end and fan. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Packers try to do that. And then what Wes was talking about earlier, you know, he makes – all of the stuff look better as is. Uh, but in reality, it's just Devonte Adams, a pretty good offensive line. And then recently a good running back. So they get so close, but this is why they've lost four straight NFC championships. And nobody criticizes him or the Packers for it is that they just don't have quite enough. And, uh, the Broncos have built that. I, and we all thought, and maybe it still is, is so that, you know, Locke has everything around him to succeed. And uh, he certainly will if it is Locke for uh, 2021 as, you know, his his experiment, his test to figure out if he takes that next step. But yeah, I think it is sufficient weaponry and a, a defense that is at least top 15. And then it always helps if you if you know the coach or if you have a rapport with the coach. And that's why... I foresaw this Raiders thing last summer when they drafted Jordan Love. That was the writing on the wall that at some point, relatively soon, they're going to move on. Now, I had no way of knowing Rodgers was going to win an MVP. 
because from 2015 to 2019, he took a decline um, statistically. And that didn't mean that he sucked. That meant that he wasn't as good as he was in 2013 and 2014 at all. And nobody cared because Rodgers doesn't get criticized for anything. In fact, we bend over backward to make excuses as to why he doesn't get a Super Bowl because the defense isn't good enough. He doesn't like his head coach. Everything, we make all these excuses for Rodgers. We've done it for 10 years, ever since they didn't repeat in uh, 2011 <clears throat> and they were 15 and one we figure out uh, reasons why it's not Rogers fault but anywho so I I thought he would be traded um, this March um, and I wrote about it last summer um, when I was writing for NFL spin zone and the top of my list was the Raiders because uh, Gruden is enamored with him um, they kind of have a quarterback in car where we never really know if he's good or not we think he's good but then they don't really ever do much. And I, I still don't know if Derek Carr is a good, good quarterback. I think that he's probably top 15, top. Yeah, I think top 15 would be fair. Um, but it just makes sense that he would get closer to the Western United States. He'd get to re, uh, unite with Gruden, who loves uh, these old war horse quarterbacks. So <laughs> so I, that's why I, and I, I want my prediction to be right, because I called it before anybody. Um, and, but then I felt like a complete fool after he won an MVP. Uh, I was like, well, there's no way MVP is going anywhere. And then bada bing, he's on this. He's in this trade uh, rumor mill now. Um, but it's crazy. Um, before we transition a little bit more into Rogers for the last few minutes on lock. And I said this in one of the first shows that you joined Jason, uh, Daniel Jones and drew Locke are in the exact same spot this year. If, if indeed Rogers doesn't work out with Denver Locke and, um, Daniel Jones are like clones into what they have to accomplish this year because they now Gettleman has semi quietly, um, cultivated this offense that should succeed with a warm body throwing the football. And so, so goes it with Locke. All of a sudden they have a, a good offensive line because uh, Mr. Holding um, is all of a sudden the best offensive lineman that anybody could ever imagine. And then um, Elway stockpiled all those weapons with Judy and Patrick and Sutton and Fant. Uh, so I think it's, it's identical to keep an eye on both those guys because they're in the same draft class and they have the same kind of vibe where when you watch them, they look pretty damn good. Um, but the fan bases are a little shaky because they're not as good as Mahomes came out. So I, wa- I want to make that point. How do you guys think that this really went sour for Green Bay and Rodgers? Do you think it's a slow burn? Do you think behind the scenes, Rodgers is just kind of a prick? Um, or this Gutnus guy is unusually stubborn and likes to make his Hall of Famer miserable. Uh, Wes, what is the deal? Uh, I think for Rodgers, um, he probably feels a little left out on some of the decision-making. Um, the GM, when he came in, he got rid of Jordy Nelson and Clay Matthews, who, uh, from what I, I've heard, it, were very close with Rodgers. Um, obviously it was reported, uh, earlier this week that, uh, was it the wide receiver, Jake, um, Camaro. Yeah. Um, he, I guess Rogers had complimented him on a game that he had. And the next day he was gone from the team, (laughs) (laughs) uh, just absolute, absolutely absurd. And then, um, all the reports of, um, you know, cousins being contacted, Brady being contacted, um, you know, all these teams contacting their quarterback, just giving a heads up like, Hey, 
we're going to uh, draft a quarterback in this year's class. Uh, just so you're aware, you know, doesn't say anything about you. We're just, you know, getting some extra help in here. And <laughs> for the for the Packers last year, they drafted Jordan Love, and uh, the GM was asked if they'd reach out to Rodgers, and he was kind of like, "Why?" <laughs> yeah, no, and that's just it's it's a matter of like Curtis, like. At my job, I'm a project manager, and if the CEO hired another one and they just showed up at work, I'd be like, okay, um, nobody's ever said anything to me about that. But if the CEO said a month in advance, hey, we're going to get two because we want to lighten your load or we want him to learn from you, I'd be like, cool. And so it's just courtesy. Right. And it's so it's so weird that uh, it seems like there's like this sabotage that Gutnus <laughs> loves to do. And I love it. I'll continue to say that for the rest of the summer. I absolutely love all of this. Uh, Bowen, why don't you take us away on why has it gone so rotten in Green Bay? Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta I gotta disagree with with actually everybody. I, it has to be Rogers. It has to be. <laughs> I mean, and here you are. The guy. No, yeah, yeah. And I do, too. Right. But it, it's like. Well, even when we had Manning, I was the first to criticize him too. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I—that's why I always appreciated that 2013 season. I mean, he, the guy just—we all knew how the seasons were going to end. And don't tell me that if it wasn't for Manning, we wouldn't have won that Super Bowl. If it wasn't for the defense, we wouldn't have won that Super Bowl and Brock Osweiler that year. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody's going to credit Manning, but. Yeah, I mean, really, how can it be everybody else's fault? I mean, seriously. <laughs> That's what we used to it, say this, when we were actively drinking. It was everybody. Right. I, I mean, this guy needs to take some kind of, but what he does is he, he dribbles little nuggets out there and then he had to fight his battles, it seems like. And, and look, what do you mean you've never had weapons that that's freaking hogwash, man? I mean, Jordy <laughs> Nelson, you mentioned Randall Cobb. Um, and then what, Wes, you alluded to it. He was upset because they got rid of him, but I thought they didn't do anything for him. I mean, right. th that's the that's the mystique that everybody says. Well, they never do anything for him. They never do anything for him. So why did he care if they got rid of these guys? I mean, he. And it's like this Devonte Adams. He was a rock star too, and he would succeed with or without Rodgers, I believe. Um, not saying taking anything away from the guy because he's fantastic. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.